Hey, hello, and welcome to the PlayStation Report. Uh, I'm Frank. Joining me is Tyler. Tyler, man, I I kind of just want to get into it, man. Video games, fucking video games, man. A lot of shit has happened between the last time we recorded and now, but a lot of games have been played as well. So, <laughs> yeah, I think yeah, I, think I mean, we, we got to strap out. in here. We we got a lot to talk about. Yeah. Um. Certainly. Yeah, a lot lots lot is going on for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh so Tyler, the last I think the last two episodes we recorded, I neglected to talk about a game that I've actually finished. Um, okay. And I really enjoyed and that's Ollie Ollie World. Oh yeah. Okay. Um I, I really loved Ollie Ollie and Ollie Ollie too. Those are fantastic video games and I think Ollie Ollie World is uh Maybe, maybe my favorite of them all because I, I like the structure of the game. How it's like you're you're progressing. You know how like there's a Super Mario World, right? There's that kind of formula. Right. They did that for Ali Ali, uh-huh. um, and I, I'm really digging it. It has like, it has like one of the chillest, grooviest uh, little soundtracks I I've heard in a video game in a while. It's just it really puts you in the zone. Really, uh, get you just just let you live that skater life, man. It's it's groovy, it's gnarly, it's it's very good. Um, and I, it's it's hard to Ali Ali World is a like it's easy to just get through these levels, but to like get your scores up there, like there's so many. I'm not. I'm struggling to remember, like, Ali Ali 2 and what all the mechanics were of that. But it just seems like there's a lot in this game. Like, there's grabs, there's spins, there's uh, manuals and uh, grind switching and late tricks that you can do. Like, you can do two tricks in air if you have the time for it. Um, there's, like, yeah, it's there is so much to this. And the only problem I have... That I'm playing it on Switch, and those Joy-Con are not reliable for inputs for these tricks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can see that. Um, but yeah, I, I I've gotten through it. It's it's fantastic. There's plenty of challenges to do after you've completed all the levels. Like it's it's great. Um, have, have you played any of the Ali Ali games? No, I've not. But they do look fun to play. I mean, I, I've seen some gameplay of this one, and it seems neat. For sure. Yeah. And I, I think it's going for a style and tone that's really cool and fun and, like, a lot a lot different than a lot of than uh, other games that I play. It's it, it's kind of a... It's it's just a good time, and, like, I, I enjoy that sometimes. Sometimes I need to just, like, sit back and relax with a video game um, and just, ha- just have a game that is, like, encouraging you to have fun with it. Right. Uh, so yeah, that's that's yeah. Ollie Ollie World, a game that I I should have talked about a while ago, but hey, it's it's here, it's it's good, and uh, yeah, you all should check it out if you're interested in those types of games. Yeah, no, I mean this one just dropped too, right? A few yeah. weeks ago. So yeah, it's it, you know regardless, it's good you're bringing it up because it might get a little lost in the shuffle. Yeah. <laughs> Oh man, cool! But 
I had to talk about that because I know if I didn't talk about it now, it's just going to get buried but beneath all the games that I know we're going to be talking about this week, the next couple of weeks coming up. Like, there, there's just a lot, lot happening right now. So yeah, I just, I just had to talk about that before it got lost. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, Tyler, man. It's it's a good week for both of like it's been a good couple weeks for both of us, man. <laughs> yeah, I gotta say. Uh, yeah, I guess like, did you drop Far Cry Six once Horizon came out? <laughs> <laughs> so I have I finished Far Cry Six. Oh, you finished um, it? Okay. Yeah, so I just kind of blazed through the rest of that game, and um, it was fine. I mean, it didn't change too much. The ending didn't really like make me shit my pants or anything like that it was ended kind of how i expected it to um and it was it was fine overall i mean i I don't have much more to say about the game it's a if you are into far cry games if you want an open world um kind of mindless game that's kind of what this one really turns into um especially once it, it shows you the bigger map and you know says go talk to these three guys and do it in whatever order you want and you know you just kind of do the same thing over and over again in a way but um the final few missions were kind of neat very action-packed um but i i enjoyed them overall i mean yeah it's a it's a it's a fine game um i think i do enjoy it more than you know mortals phoenix rising that i just recently played for sure um so yeah, that's that's about it for Far Cry Six for me. Mm. Uh, it's a, it's, a, it's uh, in that genre of games that I think uh, might get talked about here in a little bit. It's a map game. It's a map with icons that you go to and do the activities. Yes, basically, and it it very much embodies that. <laughs> um, and, and the other one I just want to talk about really quick is I'm on the verge of finishing Psychonauts Two. Um, I literally was playing it a little bit this morning and got, you know, finished the level I was on and got the, basically, uh, hey, are you sure you don't want to do anything else because who knows what's going to happen next sort of thing, like point of no return sort of message. So I imagine I'll have that finished uh, this week. But um, that game, the most recent few levels have been absolutely delightful and I truly feel that this is a game that gets better as it goes, um, just because the creativity in these recent levels have just been so much fun. I mean, there's one where, um, you know, you're kind of in a bowling alley sort of thing, and you have to kind of platform and use these giant bowling balls to kind of just navigate around the level, and I just found that to be very fun. Then there was another one where uh, you were kind of in this uh, area with almost like these hippies in a way, uh, and you had to find all their musical instruments, and the art style was so cool. I mean, it didn't change drastically, but the it was colorful, and they did just change the overall kind of aesthetic just a little bit of the game, and I just found those levels to be really delightful, and I just did uh, a couple other ones that were... A lot of fun. One of them was actually really kind of challenging too, with some of the the platforming. And yeah, I, I have all the 
powers now, which now I can go back into some other areas and kind of access some new stuff that, you know, I saw and wasn't able to do anything with. So, um, have a lot of things fully upgraded and yeah, chucking along. I mean, I, I'm really enjoying that game the further I get into it. And I'm looking forward to seeing how, how it ends. And I think outside of the game, every once in a while feeling a little old with its combat and platforming. And it's not super often to me, um, but every once in a while it, it happens. Um, and then the kind of power selection sort of thing and how that all works. Um, outside of those few things, like I can't really think of anything really wrong with this game. I mean, it, it's, a, it's a delightful experience if you're into kind of action platformers. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to be finishing that one this week, too. Cool, cool, cool. You got anything else before we talk uh, about Horizon and Elden Ring? I played some more Cyberpunk. Um, I'm okay. significantly further in that game. Uh, it is... Huh. How do I want to put... It is a fusion of Fallout and Far Cry. That That's mm. how I feel about that game. And I don't think it's... It has some interesting skill tree stuff, but just like the world and like the the dialogue and the tone of the story and what everything that's happening in Cyberpunk 2077, I feel is just bad and like it's poorly written. It's a it's a terrible like it's like it's a functional story, but it isn't an interesting one. Um, and I just. I don't know, man. Like, it, it's one of those games where you kind of have to turn your brain off and just watch the numbers go up and uh, try to spec out your skills in a way that actually makes the game fun to play for you. Like, that's that's kind of how I feel about it. Like, it's it's fine. It's there. But, like, now that I have other things to play, I'm not really thinking about it anymore. Mm-hmm. All right. It run pretty pretty well consistently. Yeah, it, it's been running played. pretty. Yeah, it's been running good. Yeah, uh, cool. I, I feel like for the most part they got that game in a state where, I would say this is a launchable product. Unfortunately, <laughs> it launched over a year ago. So yes, yeah, exactly. It launched uh, what, fifteen months almost too early. Yeah. <laughs> After being delayed. <laughs> yes. Right. <laughs> So, Several like, times. There's, <laughs> I, I think there's something to be said about like their uh, early commitment to the PlayStation 4 and Xbox One that was probably very foolish when you consider what they were trying to do with that game. Right. Uh, so, yeah, it's... I don't know. I don't know where they go from here. I'm not sure how much more they're going to add to Cyberpunk. Like, I'm not sure. It's like... There, there are cool things in it. It's just, like, I'm not sure it really comes together. It's a bunch of, like... It, it definitely screams to me that they were, like... They kept adding more and more to this game and didn't think about how each of the things affected each other. Mm-hmm. Um, to the point where it really just feels like there are, there are multiple different games in this that it wanted to be, but it didn't actually develop in any direction. 
So. Yeah, which is which is a shame, just considering how great The Witcher Three was designed, where it felt like so much of what was there was purposeful and affected the world, and you know all that stuff. You know that's what made The Witcher Three really great to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well. I guess it's time to get into the new games, Tyler. Tyler, uh, ye- how much of uh, how much Horizon have you played? I've only played about seven hours, which is still a decent chunk of time. Um, so I'm finding that the other night I played it for like four or five hours straight. Like I just sat down and was like, I'm really just playing this game right now. I'm feeling it. Because uh, the beginning of this game just did not click with me that that well. Like, it, first of all, the beginning of this game is incredibly linear for like two hours, and I mean it's just like uncharted level of linear. And I love those games, but with Horizon, it just it just felt weird and wasn't totally grabbing me. Um, and then even some of the mechanics, I'm like, oh yeah, this Horizon and the the controls, uh, in you know how you select weapons, all that stuff is a little complicated. Like there's a lot there. There's a lot that you just have to grab and go with. Uh, so it was taking me a little while to get used to it. So basically, you go through this opening, um, which does have a few cool story moments that at least sets up. The story for me, uh, and you know, I kind of go like, "Oh, okay." I'm curious where this goes um, because Horizon Zero Dawn, like the story in that game, being an open world game, was legitimately interesting to me. Like, I really enjoyed it. Um, the side stories, not so much, but I'll, I'll get to that. Um, this, so you get through that area. In, in that section of the game. And then you get to like a smaller open world area uh, where the game kind of lets you go and lets you do some side missions, some errands. There's a couple story missions there. And then uh, literally, so I'm like, like I said, I'm about seven hours into it. I just got to the Forbidden West. Like I just got to basically the main section of the game. So the game does take a while to ramp up. But the most recent thing that happened to me story-wise, I'm like, oh, like, that's interesting. And I'm really curious where it goes overall. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely more Horizon in, in, in for mostly good ways to me of after I played the other night for a while, I'm like, yeah, this game is clicking with me now. I feel that itch to just want to continue with it because uh i do really like the combat of horizon i find it just it's fast it's it's uh it makes you think really uh really quickly um and you know once you have all these tools at your disposal there's a lot of different stuff you can do you know you can set the uh the trip wire you have a bunch of different types of arrows you, you have this like kind of uh, bow that shoots like freeze bombs like and, and, you know, you're scanning the machines. What's their weakness? What are they strong against? Stuff like that. Where's their weak points? And I do like the combat overall. And, you know, once I... It, it took a little while to get used to because I was 
just felt like I was getting my ass kicked. But once I did, and once you get in those really intense battles and you, you know, barely make it out alive and you took out all these different enemies, it's like, yeah, that, that, that felt really good. Um, so I think the combat's very, very strong uh, overall, and I'm looking forward to seeing more of it and getting more more tools. So one thing I do recommend, because I've been seeing other people on in reviews and podcasts of saying, like, just plow through the beginning of this game as quickly as you can. And I don't know if that's 100% true to me, because I did some of the side missions and some of the side errands and stuff, and they actually give you, like, legitimate weapons and equipment and you that you can like kind of cook food in this game for like buffs like that's something you unlock where i feel if you didn't do those side missions you might not get that stuff it's not every side mission that you're getting uh like kind of legit stuff out of it but um so i would recommend kind of taking your time a little bit once you get to the small open area um because Another upgrade to me in this game is I'm actually finding the side quest. So there's a difference between the two, the errands and the side quest. Side quests are a lot meatier. The errands are a little bit smaller and kind of annoying. Like one of them was like, go get my griddle. And I'm like, well, well I need to like save the fucking planet, dude. What? <laughs> I don't give a flying fuck about your griddle. <laughs> like, it just reminded me of like, a couple of quests in The Witcher 3, like, that that was like that. And I'm like, okay. Um, and, and in a way, you know, another thing is, like, Aloy's kind of... She's very cold in this game. Kind of doesn't really take any shit. Seems like she doesn't really care a lot about other people's problems or wanting help. And I can totally see how that turned can turn people off. Because uh, it was starting to turn me off, but then I, the more I thought about it, the more I'm like, she's got a lot on her mind. There's very significant things to the existence of these people that she needs to know, but she can't really properly explain it to someone because she sounds fucking nuts. And um, I would be, if I had all that in my mind... I, too, would be annoyed of this fucking asshole asking me to go find his griddle. Like, <laughs> I don't know. It's just, I'm curious to see where her character development goes and if she opens up a little bit. Because there's some some characters that come back uh, from the first game that show up in the beginning here where um, they feel kind of let down and uh, betrayed a little bit by some of Aloy's decisions from the first game and how she just, like, kind of ghosted people and all sorts of stuff and so i'm curious how that might open up later on um but yeah but anyways back to the side quest i'm finding the side quests themselves to be a lot better in this game of kind of there is a few things a few of the quests that i've done that kind of uh one have pretty solid stories uh to them in in characters but then um Two, there was one where it kind of like actually affected the world a little bit in the small area I was in. So curious to see how that continues because I know one thing about the first Horizon was like most of the other characters in that game just weren't very interesting at all. Um, and a lot of those quests weren't super interesting. So really curious where this one goes. Um, 
But yeah, I'm enjoying it. Also, this is hands down the most beautiful game I have ever seen. Uh, especially on a console. Like, holy smokes is this game. Just blows my mind the amount of detail Gorilla is getting out of their engine on this console. Um, the draw distance is amazing. The lighting is amazing. The The foliage is just awesome. The level of animation in the machines is unbelievable. The interactions you have, uh, like the dialogue conversations you have with other characters, it is almost jarring how good these characters look when you're talking to them. Like, take Skyrim or Fallout or any of those, you know, Bethesda games or any games like that where you're just kind of it's just you talking to the to the person and picture that but just everything looks photorealistic. The animations in the face look incredibly photorealistic almost. And I'm like, man, this is just like a side character I'm talking to. And they took the time to like properly animate this and make it look so good that it kind of really did throw me off at first. I'm like, holy crap. And I'm you get used to it as it goes on, and that honestly will probably become more of a maybe an expectation uh, with some of these games as uh, this generation goes along. But man, yeah, this game just looks really, really good. And then the last thing I'll say is definitely put it on performance mode, though, uh, if you're playing on mm. PS5, because okay. it starts off default on the favor resolution setting. And I was like, I was moving the camera around. I was moving Aloy around. I'm like, something just does not feel right. And once I put it on um, the favorite performance mode, man, it just instantly felt better. So definitely changed that uh, right away. But and, and I was also just digging through the settings. Holy smokes, is there just a lot of customization you can do. You can basically remap the controls. There's a lot of good like accessibility stuff in the game. It seems like um, you can literally turn off the the tooltips, and the game will load faster. Um, like there's all sorts of stuff you can do. The customization is actually pretty impressive for a console game. So yeah, man, I'm I'm liking. It. I'm, I don't know if this will be like a game of the year contender, but I am enjoying it. And Putting this game next to Far Cry 6 of, like, I like the gameplay of Far Cry 6, but the characters, the story, all that stuff just doesn't grab me as much. And over here with Horizon, where it is an open world game, there are icons on your map. But comparing, like, I feel like the combat of Horizon is much more interesting, plus the story is actually really interesting. There's interesting characters and it's just more of like this is how an open world game needs to be done, uh, in a way. And um, I know we're you're probably going to talk about Elden Ring, which seems like a totally different type of open world game. Um, but it is it's cool, man. I'm enjoying it so far, and I'm really uh, eager to get back to it. Wow. All right. I yeah. I'm I'm curious about Horizon Forbidden West, but like it's. It's it screams to me like more horizon and like maybe not maybe they needed more time to uh 
develop more ideas for what the what a Horizon game should be. That from like what I've seen of that game, like it very much seems like another Horizon game. Like it you're is. Doing, you're doing ultimately. a lot of the same things that you did in the first game. Yeah, ultimately it is. I just think it's so far like just better in in a lot of ways, and it is. It does feel very familiar, especially if you've like finished Horizon Zero Dawn, just played a lot of it. Like you'll be like, oh, okay, yeah, this does seem like more Horizon. I just think, you know, with some of the new newer things added to it, and they, I, you think about it, it is crazy to think that Horizon Zero Dawn came out five years ago, and it's like, man, this took five years to make in a way, just because it feels so familiar. But the, I just feel like a lot of that time had to have went into animations in just building this world because it's mightily impressive. Yeah, it, cer- it certainly category. looks like a it looks like a very expensive game. Oh yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And not a lot of teams will you know get that chance that you know a publisher like Sony will will give their teams, you know, to just take 5 years and you know nearly unlimited money. You know, but yeah, I could see the slow beginning turning people off, though. Be totally honest with you, like it is rather slow in the beginning, and you know, the more it opens up, the more I found myself enjoying it. But I, I could see people getting a little turned off by that. I was surprised just at how how linear it was for for so long. It, it was really really surprising to me well if you want a game that's not at all like that <laughs> yeah a game right. that doesn't start slow that just fucking dumps you right in it and tells you to just fucking go let me tell you about Elden Ring man oh. yeah how, how, how uh, deep are you into it uh, so I've beaten the first of what five or six demigods okay. um, it was a real son of a bitch <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah I'm I'm having like an excellent time with Elden Ring I think I put like at least 12 hours into it um, and there are so many things about Souls games that turn people off and like I get it, like, difficulty is, like, especially if you only have a limited amount of time to play games and you can't play them for long sessions, I get that. But I think there's something about Elden Ring and, like, just the way the game is structured and, like, the thing, the abilities it gives you to, like, actually explore the world um, actually make any time you put into it feel valuable. Uh, so... Yeah, I guess I guess I'll start on that. Like, the game when it starts you off starts pushing you in a direction um, towards like the first of those mainline bosses, and if you just follow that and don't do anything else, you're going to run into a wall when you get to that boss, and it's going. And like, if you're a hard-headed ass asshole, uh, you're gonna end up banging your head up against that wall for way too long. Uh, but the thing Elden Ring does is that it's a fucking open world, man. Like, yeah. you run into a wall, fucking go somewhere else. Do something else. 
come back to that later. Like, there's so much to explore in this world, and it is a very interesting world to not only just look at, but to actually, like, go out and explore and find interesting things. Like, there's there are so many bosses out in the world. Like, there's definitely different tierings of bosses. Like, there, there are some bosses that are kind of like, oh, this is just, this might just be a normal enemy I'll encounter later, but with a bigger health bar. Um, and then there are, like, these huge named bosses out in the world. Uh, there are dungeons you can find. There's a, there's a, um, certain verticality to this game that you might not notice at first because you have to go to specific places to discover it. Uh, th yeah, there, there's so much to love about this game, and it really seems, um, committed to allowing you to play it the way you want to play it. Um... There are so many different hybrid builds I've seen out there, like different ways to spec your character out, all kinds of different weapons that you can use. It's it's fantastic. Um, I started out uh, using... Well, I started out as, out as the Wretch, which was a mistake, uh, <laughs> to be honest, because I was just getting my <laughs> ass kicked left and right at the beginning. <laughs> uh, you start out naked with a club, and it's fucking yeah. awful. <laughs> I did see that as a character choice, and I'm like, hmm, that's interesting. I it, did that. It, as someone's going to beat. Someone's going to beat this game naked with a club. <laughs> yes, I can see it. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I I did that for a little while, and then I uh, I picked up a flail. I used I used a flail for a little while. It was it was a lot of fun spinning around to that. Um, and I, I, I kind of got stuck a little bit, so I switched to like a more standard short sword. And then I found, I found a spear. I'm a spear guy now. Uh, it's, that's just it. I'm a spear guy. I like a spear. I like to stay at a distance and poke at people. Um, yeah. And yeah, I, I, I'm kind of settling into to being a spear guy. Uh, and I'm learning. I, I, I learned. So, I can't talk about Elden Ring without talking about the game. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, and part of From Software games is that, like, a lot of the game and a lot of the fun of the game is discovery and surprise and, like, figuring shit out. So, with that being said, I'm going to talk about Elden Ring. Uh, <laughs> so, I killed a dragon. Ooh. And you can take dragon hearts to this to this temple and learn dragon magics. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm learning dragon magics. Damn. Uh, I have this one magic that turns my arm into a dragon claw and I slash people. Ooh. It's great. Okay. Nice. It's great. Yeah, that sounds neat. Now, um, was that something like you just kind of discovered this dragon and then... Once you defeated it, was the game like, hey, go to this temple? Or did you have to just find that temple yourself as so well? So the thing is, I found the temple first before okay. I found the dragon um, because I was just futzing around and I, f I found this cave and, like, the cave, like, eventually, like, wound up on this island on the other end of it uh, where I found this, this temple. Um, and then finding the dragon was really cool. I think it was actually part of the network test if y'all, if anyone played it. Um, the, like, you see all these, uh, these villagers or whatever enemy types, like, gathered around, like, a fire. 
and then you approach them, and then a dragon comes and swoops in and just fucking blasts the fuck out of them. And then hmm. there's a fucking dragon. <laughs> um, that I fought on horseback, because oh, they give yeah. you a horse in this game. His yeah. name's Torrent, which makes it very um, interesting to look him up on the internet. Uh, because torrenting, obviously, you know. That's how, uh-huh. that's how you get, get stuff. A little bit less than legal. Um... But Torrent unlocks so much in this game. Like, there's there's horseback combat. Uh, Torrent is a great way to explore the world because being in open world, it's huge. And uh, one of my favorite things to do in Elden Ring is to, hey, uh, this place is awful. I want to explore a lot of it and see a lot of things, but I don't feel like fighting every fucking trash mob out there. Mm-hmm. So I get on, I get on torrent, and I, uh, I just fucking bl- blow by everyone and just explore the world and find these find other sites of grace which act as fast travel points or and like uh, bonfires and dark souls. Um, and like yeah i just explore the world that way and i got i get to see so much of of the world and i can decide what i want to do and where i want to go from there so that whenever i do hit my head up against one of those brick walls i can be like okay well i can place a marker on the map there i'll come back to that later but there's so much else that that i want to see and so and it's it's really really awesome uh, there, there's just so much to this game, Tyler. There's so much. It's so cool. Like, just yeah. the opening cinematic alone is so fucking cool. <laughs> <laughs> it, it seems more like a Breath of the Wild sort of open world of you see that, go do it sort of thing. It's not just icons all over the map. Is right. that correct? Right, yeah. Like, it doesn't... Like, you... Uh, when you enter an area, you don't really even have a map. Like, there's a place... Well, you have a map, but it's not very detailed at all. Uh, there are places in each region where you can pick up a map that'll fill in a little bit more detail on the map, like topography, and, like, you can make out some shapes and try to figure out what's what. Um, but, like, it doesn't really place markers on the map for you. Uh mm-hmm. You, you can place your own custom markers. Um, it's a lot like Breath of the Wild at that point. You can set down a marker on the map, a waypoint on the map, that'll show up in the world, kind of like Breath of the Wild. Like, you'll, you'll okay. be able to see it. Um, there are uh, these bird telescopes that give you a bird's eye view of the surrounding area, and you can look around that way. And that's a really cool way to look at the region you're in. Um there yeah it's it is it is very much a hey look out into this world pick a point of interest you can you can probably go there and yeah. there's going to be something there there's something everywhere like this the, for being an open world so much of this world feels so handcrafted like there's an intentionality to every place every sight line that everything that you're that catches your eye like there's a reason uh-huh. it's catching your eye and it's because there's something interesting there to go do or discover yeah and one of my 
favorite things I've heard about this game is that, and it's kind of a weird thing to say about video games, but the game says, like, use your eyes, you know? Don't live in this map of icons. Just use your eyes, and if you see something cool, go go check it out. Yeah. You know? And I think that, and that's why, like, Breath of the Wild, to me, is, like, my favorite open-world game ever because of that stuff. It just felt so well designed and it just kind of let you go and and i think about horizon on the flip side and yeah i like that world but i would find that world so much more interesting if it just said go do stuff you know yeah they are different games but i I just think those sort of open worlds are just so much more interesting yeah and i think part of like designing a world like that is that when you when you're designing an open world where you know you're not just going to lay down icons telling people where to go you kind of have to design the open world in a way that's interesting to the player that encourages the player to go out and explore and find these things mm-hmm. where i i think like i'm not saying it's lazy in games like far cry or even horizon but there's a like there's a lot more leeway like there a lot more slack you you can give because you know that uh, you're just going to put an icon there anyway or you're going to direct the player there like through through like UI elements whereas yeah. like in a Dark Souls or I mean in Elden Ring or in Breath of the Wild like you're not doing any of that you're you're going to show them through like your art you're going to show them like that mm-hmm. there is stuff out there to be discovered, and it's uh, I, I find that kind of open world a lot more interesting. Yeah, than, than so-called map games, as we like to call them. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, and I, I, I think for anyone trying to say that this game is more accessible, like I, I feel like it's more approachable on the level where like yeah there there's a lot of hard shit in this game but there's also like other stuff you can do other than the hard shit to like boost like kind of level yourself out of like the challenge really um and yeah it's it's got a summoning system that's pretty cool but totally missable like the the summoning ashes uh you have to get the summoning bell which uh, you have to visit an NPC at a certain time of day in a specific place to get, which <laughs> I'm not sure how I feel about that. I feel like a lot of people are going to miss that, and uh, that, that sucks, but it's also like that's totally what From Software does. It, there, there are things locked behind like time of day and locations and like NPCs that you have to talk to to unlock certain aspects of the game, like that's just what a from software game does and that's not going to change um so yeah i don't know i'm i'm really enjoying elden ring i think this might be <laughs> as weird as it is like and as much of like kind of a different game this is for from software i think this might be my favorite one of these well uh, it's now it's really cool i got two questions to ask you one, are you running into any performance issues at all? Um, are you playing on 
PC or I'm playing on PlayStation Play- Five. Okay. Um, and there are very occasional uh, performance hits. Uh, like there are some. There was a sequence where I noticed a frame dip, but it wasn't like it wasn't a huge frame dip, but it was a noticeable one. Um, there was another section where I noticed a little bit of pop in, but n- it's like it's very rare. And I've played like twelve hours in this game. I think maybe even more. I might be underestimating how much I played this game because some <laughs> like Saturday I woke up at like eleven a.m. and I hopped on, and uh, it was dark by the time I was playing. <laughs> I'm like, wow. Yeah. Wow. Right. I had I had things to do today, and uh, <laughs> I sure did beat a lot of bosses. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Um, and then the last question is: Do you think now? Yeah, you're twelve hours in, or whatever. There's a lot more game to go. But do you think this could be like a generation-defining game like some other reviewers are kind of saying and some of it's... It's got a 97 on Metacritic, which is fucking nuts. Yeah, and I, you know what? I think I think it's earned that. I think there is so mm-hmm. much interesting about this game and world and just the way it looks. Like, it is fucking beautiful. There are so many different areas that look so different. Like, the first area you start in is Limgrave. It is very much like the most basic-ass Dark Souls-looking area. Um, but you expand out, like, there's there's this fucking... Alright, so I got teleported to an area that I didn't mean to get teleported to. And it was just the most awful place ever. It was just, like, red skies. Everything was rotting. It just looked like the most disgusting place ever. And mm. then I got teleported to another area, which was, like, this golden city. And, uh... I mean... It was very unfortunate to be teleported there. I mean, there was a site of grace there right where I got teleported, thankfully, unlike the other place where I had to escape. But uh, there was nowhere to go until I beat this giant um, colossal boss-looking character. And, uh, yeah, no, that wasn't happening at my level. (laughs) Uh, There was another area that I got teleported to to learn beast magics. Uh, so, so they're pulling in a lot of things from other their other games. Like, there's a lot of this game that kind of feels like Bloodborne. Like, there's there's this blood sword that shoots that shoots like blood magic shit. It's fucking awesome. <laughs> like, just the creature design alone in this game is fucking awesome. Um, yeah, there are birds that have not like swords for feet. These giant Ooh. fucking eagles with swords for feet. It is like the most hateful thing ever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, there's Damn. this other place that's like these kind of like, I don't know. Imagine a centaur, but instead of being half horse, it's half centipede. Like, Ooh. these things are fucking disgusting looking. Yeah, that sounds gross. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like... The scale of this game is just massive, and I, I, I want to see all of it. It's like, it's one of those things where like I, I don't think I'm gonna stop playing Elden Ring until I'm done with Elden Ring. Mm-hmm. It's it's that it's that engaging, and I, I just feel rewarded for every little bit I explore in that game. Yeah, 
That's I'm sure awesome. I've missed things too. I'm sure I haven't cleared everything out of that first area. Um, yeah. Like there's there's definitely some stuff that I haven't seen yet. So, yeah. Yeah, man. Video games are really good right now. Oh. No. <laughs> In terms of, there's just so much out, and you know, I totally forgot. Fucking Grand Turismo Seven is next Friday, dude. Or this gonna, coming Friday, I yeah, guess. At this point, I'm like, me. I know. I'm like, fuck. Like, <laughs> I can't believe that. So, yeah, lots, lots to play. Yeah. All right, well, I guess we should talk a little bit about the news. Um, maybe less about the news now that we've talked so much about video games. <laughs> I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll go through some of this stuff. Uh, the DICE Awards happened, and guess what? It Takes Two got another Game of the Year award. <laughs> yeah. That was kind of surprising uh, out of this one, but yeah, good for them. I mean, that game is is good. And definitely want to play more of it. Yeah. Ratchet and Clank did very well at the Dice Awards as well. I'm not going to go through all of these awards because it's just a long list. The Dice Awards do a lot of different awards. Yeah. Um. um it's the outstanding achievement in story went to Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy, so. Apparently that story is very good because it kind of has one best story everywhere. Um, outstanding achievement in character went to Lady D from Resident Evil Village, much like the Game Awards. But yeah, I mean, then they just have a lot of genre awards, and those aren't is exciting. Outstanding achievement in game direction went to Deathloop again. Yeah, which I don't know. No, I don't know what people <laughs> voting on these awards are thinking. Yeah. Well, they better get their act together because uh, this year has some incredible games coming out. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. But in a, I mean, yeah, there's so much left to still come out. But in a way, I feel like Game of the Year is almost decided, <laughs> which is how Elden unanimous Ring. It's Ring. It, uh, the 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 Elden claim for Elden Ring is. Yeah, I, it just even if say I, I don't know. God of War Ragnarok comes out, and it's another 10 out of 10 game. I, I just can't see that getting chosen over Elden Ring, but we'll see. That's why this year will be interesting, for sure. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, I guess on the Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy, let's just skip ahead here to uh, that story. Winning awards, but not winning the favor of Square Enix executives. Uh they're throwing it under the bus like they do every Western studio. Yes. It didn't do as well as they expected. So, yeah, it's underselling, according to them. Uh, so, I don't know. I don't know, man. I yeah, kind of so... have to take everything that Square says <laughs> with a grain of salt. Because right. it seems like this game did okay. Yeah, and it... Basically, what it sounds like is it did not do what they wanted to, but the game has kind of been uh, picking up steam a little bit after it didn't start very well, which isn't surprising to me because I feel like a few things. One, I feel like the marketing for this game was not great. Two, I feel like it didn't look great during previews. Like, I remember watching E3 and being like, this game does not look super great. Uh, three, you have another Marvel game coming from Square Enix after The Avengers was a disaster. I think a lot of people might be like, eh, I'm going to hold off on that. Um, so, 
I think there was a lot of things that they didn't do too well with leading up to the game's launch. Plus, it launched in the holiday season. You know, sometimes games, uh, even AAA games, just get lost in the shuffle during holiday time. I mean, there was a lot, a lot going on. And but, you know, once a lot of people started playing this game, been like, "Hey, it's very good." And then, then this person checks it out, then that person checks it out, and that person checks it out, and all of a sudden, you know, everybody's kind of talking about this game, which is something that kind of felt happened in a way. Um, because it, it does feel like it has done pretty well. But, you know, it's also Square Enix. I mean, they, they never think their Western games do well for some reason. Like, you know, Tomb, the first Tomb Raider reboot was obviously the most infamous one of that game selling millions and millions of copies. And they're like, it's a failure. But let's make two more. And also, let's have our Japanese counterparts... Uh, have Kingdom Hearts 3 in development for an eternity and Final Fantasy 7 remake for an eternity and uh yeah they're they're fine well, they can do what what they what, want like it doesn't they they don't make sense square Enix to me let's publish oh fuck what was that mm. mom's dead parkour oh. what's that game oh yeah oh goddamn i forget what oh. that game's name is right Oh. I know what you're talking about, though. But they also didn't they publish? Did they publish Balan Wonderworld? They did. That was another one that they published. And it's like, wh- but you never hear them <laughs> say anything about those games. No, no. But they'll very, very much trash these sorts of games and studios on the Western side. It just doesn't make any sense. Hmm. All right. Yeah. Well, let, let's. Let's let's talk about the good thing that's happened over Square Enix. No one can argue. It's Final Fantasy fourteen. Um, they've revealed that they have kind of like a ten year plan for Final Fantasy fourteen. So uh, it's not going anywhere. Which means I need to like make sure my account is is good. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah. Uh, so they. A lot of the highlights here is that they're going to um, they're going to update the uh, trust system, which is the system by which you can play Final Fantasy XIV dungeons, other duties uh, with NPC allies um, uh, instead of uh, needing to group up with other players. Uh, so you can kind of play this game solo if you wanted to. Uh, and they're also working on their first graphical update. They're going to, uh, I mean, this game does look old, but I don't think it looks bad. I think there's enough art direction there that, like, it, it kind of makes up for it, but it doesn't, it does look kind of dated, so I guess they're gonna, they're gonna update the graphics a little bit. Uh, they've reopened free trials, and they've set a little roadmap for their next few patches up through 6.4 and 6.5. Um, I'm not going to go through all of this, but I, uh, you know what? Overall, I think I'm happy with Final Fantasy XIV, and I think I'm going to surprise, surprise. I think I'm going to keep keep with it. Yeah, that's awesome. Does not surprise me that uh, they have a ten-year plan for this game. I mean, it just keeps getting more and more popular. I know you were saying that this seems like the end of like this story arc, but makes sense to continue. Yeah. 
It's a lot of money in this game. Yeah, and I'm curious what they have next for it. And I, you know what? Maybe Final Fantasy XIV is the thing that's funding all of these uh, misbegotten games <laughs> from the Japanese studios. Yeah, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me. It's just a consistent uh, revenue stream for Square Enix. Oh, God. You know what else Square Enix put out? I forgot about this. In 2019, they put out Left Alive. Oh, yeah, they did. Oh, my goodness. That was another bad game, too. They don't even talk about them. <laughs> nope. Uh, sticking a little bit with... I mean, this has a little connection with uh, Square Enix. Near Automata. They're making an anime. You want to talk about video game movies and TV shows? Let's talk about <laughs> video game anime. Yeah. I mean, that's all that I have to say about it. There's going to be a Near Automata anime. And uh, you know what? I'm going to fucking watch that. I feel like a near autonomous anime is a no fucking brainer. You know, like one, the game just the style of the game would fit the style of an anime, and then two, like the story's really interesting. Characters are very cool. Like that's just a very good marriage. Like a lot. I don't think I would ever want to see a live action near. TV show or movie or whatever, but anime just that just makes a lot. Well, of sense you wouldn't to me. watch an anime either because you don't watch anime. I don't watch anime, but I, I watch animated things not all the time. So mm. it, it, you know, Near Automata is a game I really love. So I would maybe check this out. Okay, even be an anime, it just makes sense. I mean, this is. I mean, you could say that also about Persona, but they made a Persona anime and it was bad. Mm-hmm. Well, not bad. It was just uninteresting. It was kind of, it was kind of whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Yeah. They but, don't say who they're. I don't think I. There's anything here that says uh, Anaplex. Anaplex. Yep. They yep, made Full Metal Al- Alchemist, which okay. you know what? Seeing that, hmm. Yeah. Let's let's do this. <laughs> Tyler, I meant to ask you, uh, how was that Uncharted movie? I enjoyed myself watching it. Um, it it's not the greatest movie in the world. There's better action movies for oh, sure. Really? But <laughs> but I once I got past like Tom Holland being Nathan Drake, and I'm like, mm, that's weird. And then additionally, once I got past um, uh, Mark Wahlberg as Sully, where I was like, that's weird. Uh, I did. I did enjoy it. Like the game or the movie, they come together very quickly in the movie. Where I was like, uh, you know, I, I don't, I don't know about that. But uh, once they got together, like the adventure they went on was really cool. It, it kind of felt like a greatest hits of Uncharted in a way with some of the action set pieces. But there was one. Like action set piece towards the end that was totally unique to this movie and wasn't done in any of the games and that was the best part of the movie like it was so much fun the action was was awesome the um, kind of back and forth between Tom Holland and Mark Wahlberg was really good Uh, really really enjoyed that stuff they did not use 
the Uncharted theme nearly enough as they should have. Because that is an awesome theme to me. And every time they used it, like, twice. And every time they use it, though, I'm like, yes, this is awesome. Like, use this more. You know, it's kind of like some of the Star Wars themes or the Avengers theme. Like, it just, it hits you and it feels good. And it's like, that's what I want more out of this. Um, But, uh, yeah, I mean, it was, it was, uh, it was a fine time. The, the chick that they had playing Chloe... Uh, Sophia Taylor Ali, uh, she was really good as Chloe. Like uh, that, I really, truly like believe. Like you are playing Chloe, and you're doing a very good job with it. She, they nailed the look, everything with her character. Really, really enjoyed. And Chloe's kind of a, she's a little bit of a snake, you know, in the games. And and I really felt that uh, th- uh, she played it very well. So. It was it was fun, you know. I think I think it's worth seeing for sure, but I wouldn't uh, go in with the highest of expectations. Okay. So, all right. All right. Yeah. Well, uh, they're they're going to make more of them though, <laughs> for sure. Yeah. I mean, should they? Yeah. Do you want more Uncharted movies? I think I could go for another one because, like, this the kind of setup stuff they did in the beginning of the movie was like the worst part. And then once they got going, I'm like, yeah, this is this is a fine time. Uh, it's a good hour and a half, mm-hmm. and I could go for more of that. And I don't know, it, like to me, I would want them to do more original stuff though with the movies, like. You don't always have to cater back to the games because that, like I said, that's that action set piece towards the end. I'm like, this is fucking awesome, and and it's it was very uncharted too, like as well. Like I could, I could see that set piece in the movie being put in an unch- under in uncharted game and it being a blast. So I would almost want them to do a little more original stuff, but I don't know if they will. Okay, all right. I mean, apparently, it did really well. Yeah. It did. It did really well. Uh, Fifty-one million domestically. Uh, Hundred thirty-nine globally, which is yeah. pretty good. Hundred twenty million budget, so they're pretty much marching towards uh, profitability already. You know, going into mm. their second weekend, so they're gonna they're gonna make a decent chunk of change out, off this movie, I think. Yeah. Well, it took them long enough. Yeah, for sure. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I wonder how much of that 120 might have been like sunken costs from how long this took to make potentially. But you know, maybe they just took those that money and just said, kind of said, "Fuck it," and, you know, that was just kind of a loss. And this 120 is actually just for this movie. But yeah, but what if they could imagine? Yeah. What imagine if they could have uh, paid Mark Wahlberg to uh, grow a mustache? Yeah. <laughs> That'd be cool. <laughs> that would be cool. He was fine as Sully. Like, the way he said certain things, you know, like, Sully, when Sully and Nate talk, like, Sully calls Nate a kid a lot. Like, Sully, or Mark Wahlberg did a lot of that. That must be pretty easy when you're working with Tom Holland, who constantly looked like he's 14. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But there were moments in, in the movie, like, there is literally, like, a, a kind of a montage sort of scene where... Tom Holland 
has no shirt on, and he's fucking ripped. Probably because he had to get ripped for Spider-Man, but he's ripped. And, you know, he's, like, working out and stuff. I'm like, that's not Uncharted. That's not Nathan Drake at all. Like, there's a couple weird, really, really weird things about it. Where I'm like, that, like, did you play these games at all? Because that is, uh, that's not really true to a character, but whatever. Ah. Uh. Well, hopefully uh, they make enough money to, you know, pay off this lawsuit because, I, I don't know. Sony's dealing with other shit, too. There's a lawsuit, a gender discrimination lawsuit that they're asking the court to dismiss because they think it's going to cause a conflict of interest or whatever, whatever. They're trying to weasel their way out of this lawsuit, so. so you, you know what? There, there's good and bad things happening all the time. Sony is a land of contrasts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, they're a major corporation, and no corporation, you know, they they all have skeletons in the closet. So this is one of them. And yeah, I mean, they're citing a a lack of facts to support the claims for the lawsuit. Mm. You know, I guess that's up to, for the law to ultimately decide. But sometimes the law doesn't get things right. Yeah. Very, very obviously. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, yeah. I mean, we'll see where this goes, but any major corporation is going to want a lawsuit thrown out. Yeah. Like, I mean, that, that's kind of like the job <laughs> of a lawyer immediately is to try to figure out a way to get the lawsuit thrown out of court. Exactly. Uh, okay. Well. Let's see, what do we want to talk about? Let's talk about PlayStation 5 screenshots, because I took a screenshot, and I uploaded it directly to my PlayStation app, because that's the thing you can do now with your PlayStation 5. Um, with your PlayStation app, you can uh, you can look at all your screenshots and, you know, download them to your phone to use on whatever social media you want. Yes. Um, this is a I good like change. This is something that I wish just happened. Like, yeah. immediately. Yeah, I wish this would have happened even with PS4. Like, it's it's awesome. Like, taking screenshots is probably one of my favorite things over the past two generations now. Um, I just, I love it. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's always just it's been awesome. a little bit too frustrating to try to move those screenshots off your console. Like, you, like we created a... Um, a message group just to put screenshots in so we could go download them all like well that's what I use them for to download them onto my mm -hmm. phone from the PlayStation app but now this right. is gonna this is gonna bypass that a little bit so yeah right yeah I, I like it I'm definitely gonna have to check into this more and download some stuff cause man oh man I could spend forever taking screenshots in Horizon Forbidden West. It's just so beautiful. <laughs> I have to like almost stop myself and be like, let's play the game instead of taking screenshots. Very much like uh, Ghost of Tsushima to me. Uh, Horizon gonna, has a great photo mode. I'm going to take so many... I mean, there's not a photo mode in uh, Elden Ring, but I'm going to take so many pictures of fucked up dudes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Like, there's... Yeah. The enemy that I hate is a giant fucking crab. I hate these giant fucking crabs, man. Mm. Mm -hmm. The fucking crabs are deadly. Oh, man. 
giant crabs are never never a good thing. No. Alrighty. Maybe a good thing is going independent of a publisher, uh, which is what the Knockout City devs are doing. Uh, Velen Studios are uh, going to self-publish future Knockout City content. Um, so yeah, I mean... What is this? EA Originals is their thing that uh, they do to give uh, indie develop publish indie games. Um, so mm-hmm. I guess they got their shot there, but uh, turns out that maybe it's best that they uh, go go out on their own. Um, I don't know. I feel like Knockout City came and went. Like it yeah, was like a month or two of people talking about that, and then nothing. Much like yeah. uh, Fall Guys. Right. Yeah, I think Knockout City went even quicker than Fallout Guys, or Fallout Guys, Fall Guys to me. Fallout um, Guys, yeah. that's, that's, that is the fall, Fallout Boy yeah. cover band. Um, <laughs> you can find them playing in Fallout 76. Uh, yeah, okay. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense, I feel, for this game to go free to play. Um I find it very interesting, though, that they're, you know, going away from EA. I mean, the EA Originals program is one that, you know, pretty much all the money goes back into the developers, which is great. Um, I just find it... I think this is, like, the first time we've seen the developer kind of break away from that, in a way. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, good. I mean, good on EA, though, for helping this game get off the ground. For sure. Yeah. I mean it just they just couldn't do uh what Joseph Ferris has done with EA. They just they couldn't they couldn't crack it. They need to yeah. make, they they should have had their chance to make multiplayer game of the year next. That's what happens. Yeah. <laughs> do you think because there was a story that came out a few weeks ago that it takes two has sold like five million copies now. Yeah. Do you think EA's just gonna buy Hayes like can you yeah. see that? Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't mind that if they just let Hayes, like, do what they want. You know? It, it, you know, hopefully they don't be like, make this a live service game or some stupid shit. But I can almost see it. I mean, they've had two very, very successful games with EA. But we'll see. Make a co-op Mass Effect game uh, where you play as... Uh... Garrus and Liara uh, after the events of Mass Effect 3. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. I'd be down if it was cool, for sure. Why not? Alright. Uh, other goings on at EA, Bioware, they're still in the middle of full production of Dragon Age 4, which means that Dragon Age 4 probably ain't coming until 2024. If you yeah. ask me, at this um, point, they've had some higher ups leave, but uh, it's I, I saw uh, another story on Games Beat that that doesn't mean like this game is in trouble. Like this game is still where it should be. Uh, so there's that. Yeah, they kind of touted that. Yeah, this game is on track, and it's you know not like it's a total shit show. Um, but I mean, it is just overall a little. A little concerned to just consistently see talent leave Bioware. I mean, there's not who they 
were before, but you know, if they're saying this game's in a good spot, I mean, I I'm going to believe them until we see it, <laughs> which we haven't really seen anything of this game really at all and yeah, I mean, this uh this game is far away for sure. I just hope it's good, man. I, like, if this game's not good, then I'm really worried that's the end of Bioware. Yeah, I mean... They, yeah, I mean, they... The thing is, though, like... They, it, it would really suck because it seems like they're interested in Mass Effect as well. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean... Yeah. I'm trying to fig- figure out, like... Dragon Age Inquisition did just fine. It did all right. It was, it was yeah. Pretty I'm good. pretty people, sure people like that. Yeah, I think that's actually the best-selling Bioware game, which is nuts. So like, like people did like that game. I'm just I'm just hoping that like maybe they took a step back after Andromeda and figured out like, hey, this is what actually works. So right. Yeah, and uh, I'm. We kind of heard some of these things, too, where EA was like, oh, people like single-player games, and then Bioware's kind of maybe... Maybe that's part of the reason why this game's taking so long if they change direction with Dragon Age 4. So I hope... I really hope that EA's just letting them take them time, take their time, and Bioware's going to develop a nice 25, 30, maybe up to 40-hour RPG. Mm-hmm. You know, and, like, that's why people play those Mass Effect games and even some of the other Dragon Age games like over and over again of like those games were manageable and they have great uh, replayability to them with all the different classes and choices you can make and that's that's a Bioware game and I'm really just hoping that EA just lets them do their thing make a good game it'll sell well you'll make your money back like that's that's what needs to happen I really hope that's the case yeah, I mean, the worst case scenario is that uh, Bioware goes under and uh, EA hires out Larian Studios to make a Dragon Age game. <laughs> Man, <laughs> I really want Larian to make a Dragon Age game. I don't know if I want Bioware to go under, though, but... Man, that'd be so cool. That would be so fucking awesome. You know, after they're done yes. making Baldur's Gate 3, which won't come out this year. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, Alrighty, All we have another, we have a game announcement that happened. Uh, Thick Ryu uh, is out here telling you about Street Fighter <laughs> 6. He showed his feet. Um, yeah, I mean, Street Fighter 6. I I don't remember the last time I played a Street Fighter game. I, I really Me don't. either, man. I didn't play yeah. Street Fighter 4 or 5. I think I might have played a little bit of 3, but that was so long ago. Uh, but yeah, Street Fighter 6 was announced. Uh, got a nice trailer. Uh, really beefy boys. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm in for it. Even though the logo is trash. Uh, Which makes no sense to me. I mean, Street Fighter has one of the best logos in all video games. Yeah. I don't know what they were thinking. Someone yeah. panicked. Someone panicked. That's what happened. Yeah. 
yeah, that that logo is very bad. I imagine it will yeah. change before right. they launch this game. Yeah, uh, yeah, Street Fighter Six. I will. I think I might try Street Fighter Six. All right, cool. Even though I'm not a fighting game guy, I've I've done the Soul Calibur thing. I've done I've done some Dragon Ball, but you know maybe it's time to get back to the basics. Yeah. Uh, this will also be the first one, I believe, without uh, Yoshinora Ono. Yeah. Uh, who, you know, he was kind of the, the main guy for this series for so long, so I'm really curious what, how that might affect this game's development. I'm also curious if this game's going to be exclusive or not to PlayStation, like Street Fighter V was. I mean, it seemed like Street Fighter V wouldn't have happened if it wasn't for Sony's money. And I yeah I'm I'm just gonna be curious about well, now they have that monster that. hunter money yeah exactly it's not, and and you know Resident Evil's been doing really well for them Devil May Cry did well like they it's not like Capcom's not doing good to where they might need that money so I don't know because they didn't announce platforms when with this at all so will remain to be seen on that. All right. Well, uh, there's there's an, there's another thing happening. The ascent. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why you put this in here, but the ascent is coming to PlayStation one in March. Yeah, just throwing it, throwing this in here quick. Yeah, ascent's coming uh, to PS4 and PS5 March 24th. Um, yeah, we talked about the ascent uh, a couple times or uh, last year uh, when that game came out. And um, this game just frustrates me so much because there's so much great potential there that's just kind of squandered in its uh, world design, its difficulty, its uh, just a lot of other things. But there's a lot of good potential there. I would not recommend playing this on PS4 at all. Mm. (laughs) I just feel like, yeah, we all know how it's going to run, but... That game did not run very well on a Series S, and so I, I imagine if you have a PS5 and want to play that game, definitely play it there. Yeah. But, yeah, that's about it. Okay. Our, oh, hey, guess what? I mean, this might not be a PlayStation story, but I guess it kind of still is when this game comes out. Call yeah. of Duty skipping a year. They're not... They're, they're going to skip, not this year, but next year's game. Uh, they're not going to put out a Call of Duty in 2023. Um, it's it's just not happening. They're, they're going to actually take a year off Call of Duty, which probably just means they do a lot of updates for Warzone that year. Um, yeah. Or whatever, whatever is the current Warzone then. Who knows? There might be a sequel to Warzone this year. So... So this Activision hasn't come out and actually confirmed this, I don't think. But you know, this is coming from Bloomberg, and yeah. So this year is going to be Call of Duty: Modern Warfare Two. It's probably what it's going to be called with uh, Infinity Ward, a new Warzone, apparently coming out this year. Um, and then the next game is going to be Treyarchs, but they're pushing that to 2024, which makes a ton of sense to me only because because of the pandemic and 
few other things of, you know, Sledgehammer's game wasn't, which I guess, you know, Vanguard is Sledgehammer's game, but Black Ops Cold War, like, that was supposed to be Sledgehammer's game, I thought. I, I, I'm getting these kind of mixed up, but either way, Treyarch had to come in and step in on Black Ops Cold War. So, like, their whole kind of three-year rotating dev cycle is completely fucked up at this point. And uh, for Treyarch to put out, I guess, Black Ops 4 was 2018, and then Black Ops Cold War was 2020, and then to come out and do another presumed Black Ops game... Um, you know, you gotta give them a little bit, a little bit more time. Than that I, I feel. So, man, it's uh, it's kind of nuts to think of what a fall will look like without a Call of Duty game. I mean, it's been like eighteen years in a row, I think, since uh, they hadn't had a Call of Duty game, which is fucking nuts to really put that into perspective as well. Someone, someone tell EA that's the year to spin up Titanfall three. I mean, yeah. come on. Exactly. Like you gotta, you gotta imagine. There's some publishers, like yeah, with maybe respawn with Titanfall three or EA if they want to give another Battlefield a <laughs> go. Like I, I don't know. Like you gotta imagine. There's some publishers that are like, oh fuck yeah, like this could be our time to to truly shine because there's no Call of Duty that year. It's time know. to reboot Killzone. Yeah. <laughs> fuck it. Why not? Uh. It also makes me wonder, and this will just be remain to be seen, if just is Call of Duty going to be on an every other year cycle, maybe once Microsoft owns Activision. Because Call of Duty uh, Modern Warfare in 2019 was so well received. Warzone came out that year and, and it was huge, still is, but uh, that was just a really big year for Call of Duty to the point when Black Ops Cold War came out. It was like, well, I don't really want a new Call of Duty. Like, the one you just put out was, like, the best one in years. And I'd rather just play that one. And so knowing that Modern Warfare 2 is next with Infinity Ward and how good uh, they, uh, how good of a job they did on the first Modern Warfare, it kind of gets me a little excited again for Call of Duty of just knowing, like, this next one is hopefully going to be really good like the previous Modern Warfare, and it's, you know, there's not another one around the corner. Like, they're going to support it for a long time, and maybe this can just be the Call of Duty for a little while, and that's kind of an exciting thought to me. Do you think they... That just... You just... And I hate that I have ideas sometimes. What if they just make a game called The Call of Duty? <laughs> sure. <laughs> Fuck it. Uh, Why not? All right. Got some uh, games to to make you aware of if you have PlayStation Plus. These games, you can just download them in March. Uh, I've got a Ghost Runner. Man, I hate how this this does. Hmm, I hate Game Informer how it's laying out here. Let me. I'm gonna open up the yeah. PlayStation blog post here. You've got Ghost Runner on PlayStation Five, and then you get the PS4 versions of Ark Survival Evolved, Team Sonic Racing, and the multiplayer 
uh, Ghost of Tsushima Legends, which PS4 and PS5 versions there. But yeah, a standalone Ghost of Tsushima Legends is also available there. So yeah, I mean, this is yeah. okay. Decent lineup, definitely better than uh, this month, for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. The other thing that we should probably talk about is this report from Adventure Beat, or yeah, Games Beat, which is the gaming part of Adventure Beat, uh, has a little bit of an outline here of what to expect from uh, this PlayStation Spartacus thing. Uh, oh wait, this was originally a Bloomberg Bloomberg report. Okay, all right. Yeah, so, Bloomberg reported Spartacus, but I think these details are new details from uh, from GameSpeed. Okay. So there's going to be three tiers. A $10, a $13, and a $16 tier. Uh, I guess I'll just read these out to you. Um, so the $10 tier is PlayStation Plus Essential, which will include the monthly games like you've always had. Um, and then going up, I'll just... The new stuff you get. Uh, with For PlayStation Plus Extra, you also get... Uh, the game catalog at $13. Uh, and then at $16 you get those things, plus streaming, classic games, and game trials. Um, yeah. I mean, this seems very... I mean, other than it being this confusing tiered system, uh, the $16 thing seems similar to what you get with... Uh, Game Pass Ultimate. We'll see what the selection actually looks like, but the features here seem very similar. Yeah. It's... So, basically what it seems like is play, the PlayStation Plus... I kind of hate these names. Yeah. But the PlayStation Plus Essential is basically just PlayStation Plus. Yeah. Yep. But what what I find interesting is I think PlayStation Plus is $60 a year. Yep. Right, and if they're changing that to be ten dollars a month, then how's that work? I, I don't understand that personally. That price increase, um, if you're not getting anything more than just the monthly games and being able to play online, get discounts through the store, all that stuff that we get now. So I'm kind of concerned about that one. The game catalog in the PlayStation Plus Extra seems like it's basically PlayStation Now. And what that is right now, and you get uh, a big old library of games that you can download um, and play. But it doesn't include the classic stuff, which the premium has. But uh, what, what does classic uh, games mean to them? What did they I know. think are classic yeah. games? Yeah, that that's is classic games PlayStation one through three. To if them, they have PlayStation I, I one games. I'm gonna be. You know what? I will play yeah. PlayStation 1 games just to spite Jim Ryan. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But PlayStation 3 games are on PlayStation now, but I don't think you can download them. I think you still have to stream them. You can only download PS4 games. Mm. So, and then with this classic stuff, like, are you streaming them? Because that'll kind of bum me out a little bit. I mean, yeah, there might not be as intense to stream like um a ps3 or ps4 game is but still i mean it's kind of a bummer 
Yeah, I guess that might be I, I don't what know. kind of classic games you end up playing. Um, yeah. Right. In the streaming, how are they... Are they opening that streaming up more to where you can play on other devices, like with xCloud? Or is it just streaming on your console? Like, there's there's still just a lot of, a lot of questions that need to be answered. And it would not shock me if Sony just randomly announces this service here very soon. Yeah, yeah I, I'm curious to see what this is actually going to roll out as, but this... What they're showing here, I'm I'm curious if there's going to be like a yearly discount if you just buy a year if you're going to get a discount. Um, yeah. Like I like these are monthly prices, but like and monthly prices are always like typically uh, more expensive than you know buying for the whole year. So I wonder what that actually looks like. But I doubt like like you said with this price for the play, for what seem seemingly is just what PlayStation Plus is now. Um. It does seem like that is going to be more expensive because you don't get a fifty percent discount when you buy it yearly. Right. Uh, exactly. And yeah. I, that, yeah. I don't, I don't understand how. I wonder they're... maybe maybe uh, maybe with this announcement, like maybe uh, maybe they'll do away with requiring a subscription to play online games. Maybe, but I doubt that. Personally, because uh, I think Xbox still requires that. And yeah, you can get Ultimate, but yeah, I don't know. I doubt they would do that, but yeah. (laughs) I just don't know how they would swing a double price increase for PlayStation Plus, just the bare bones version. I just have no clue how they'll get away with that. Well, I'm we'll see. Yeah, I I feel like, and I wonder what 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 the situation is going to be with like first party games. Like, yeah, what games go on the catalog and when? Yeah, like, are any going to be day and date? Um, I doubt that. But if they don't, then how quick of a turnaround is that until it gets on the service? Yeah. Because two, one thing, it's a small thing, is that this month. Shadow Warrior 3 is launching into PlayStation now, which is like the first time that's ever happened. Mm. And it's not getting talked about too much. Um, but that's kind of an interesting thing. You know, is Sony going to start competing in that space like uh, like Microsoft does with third-party games of getting them to launch day and date into their service? Yeah. Yeah, I... Does eventually, too, like, does... EA Play roll into this service like with Game Passes or is that a deal that Microsoft has just with EA will Sony try to get Ubisoft Plus or something to roll into this thing I mean it's going to be really interesting I thought they were doing away with Ubisoft Plus are they not? no because I mean it was just announced when they announced that Rainbow Six Extraction was coming to Game Pass that they were going to get Ubisoft Plus on Xbox. What the fuck? But but it won't be part of Game Pass like EA Play is. Oh, okay. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, who the right. fuck subscribing to that? But I don't know. Whatever. It, it's going to be interesting for sure with all this. I guess two really quick before we go. It's a quick story. The PlayStation VR 2 headset was revealed. 
Oh, yeah. Okay. Let's throw that in there. But I don't think there's too much to say about it. I mean, we didn't really learn too much that we haven't seen before. We've seen the controllers before, but they finally showed off what the actual headset would look like. Um, and it's keeping in the same kind of style as the PlayStation 5, so it's mostly white with some black thrown in there. And seems like it could be comfortable. I mean, yeah, don't, it looks don't like, know until you put it on, but... <laughs> I mean, it looks like it's that same uh, adjusting thing in the back uh, mm-hmm. that, that was very easy to easy to fit to your head, so... Yeah. Yeah. I mean... Yeah, not, not we'll too see, much, We'll see but... it when it's out. We'll see what games come out for it. Uh, yep. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, before we go, however, I... I kind of regret not saying it at the top, but like, it's it's really scary out there in the world, especially oh, over yeah. in Eastern Europe right now. Um, I just I just hope that uh, everyone out there, um, the Ukraine, can find some some form of safety. It's it's really fucked what's happening over there, and like the response the rest of the world has had to it has been just like kind of nothing and it it, it kind of it really sucks um i i can't lie it's like it it's really disheartening to see like oh we're just gonna we're just gonna let let russia do that huh that's the, like what whatever whatever we're gonna bring to bear against them is just not going to be effective at all because we refuse to uh actually do anything substantial um it's uh it really sucks, and I, I, I for one don't really think America should be like the police of the world. I, I, I find that that notion to be ridiculous. Um, but I, I feel like there is more that we can do, uh, that like isn't necessarily policing the world, but you know maybe, maybe at least doing more for the people who are suffering rather than trying to expand our own interests. Like it, it, it definitely feels like. Uh, we aren't, like, the United States and NATO aren't doing anything, like, maybe out of fear of war with Russia, but also, like, because they don't really see a benefit in sticking their nose in it. And, in fact, it's going to hurt to to uh, do what it takes to deter Russia. Uh, like, it feels like we're, we're looking to save our own skin and, like, only, like, only do anything substantial when, like... We we literally have to, uh, so yeah, it's it's a shitty situation. I I hate that. Uh, I I don't know enough about it to really um, to really talk intelligently about like what we should do or or whatever. Um, but but it's I just I just wanted to say like man, it's I I feel for all the all all the folks out there. It's. It really seems to suck. It's it sucks when it seems like your neighbors aren't gonna help you out, or even like, in the case of Belarus, just help They're, your fucking invaders. Like it, it's absolutely disgusting what's happened out there. Um, and I, I don't know, man. It's it's a scary world. I I I've just I just want what's best for for the people living over there and dealing with it. I And I, I'm trying to do my best to listen to the people who are actually in the situation over there. It's, uh... 
it's really, really fucked, man. We, we're living in a really mm-hmm. shitty time in human history. I don't think there's ever been a good period of human history, but we're really living in a f- fucked up one. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it is, it is scary. I've certainly been keeping up with it, and it's very scary. And it's shitty, and it, it also uh, also just doesn't even seem like the Russian people really even support this. And what their government is doing mm-hmm. um, from things that I've read, and that—that that is just yeah, it's frustrating. It's just it sucks. For and sure. like I, I even saw a story this morning, which like super fucking made my blood boil. Like uh, there, are, I, I saw some videos of people at the Polish border where they were letting like they were accepting refugees as long as you were a white Ukrainian but like there were like African nationals who were living in Ukraine that they were just denying refugee status to yeah and uh it's fucked yeah it's absolutely I, I I am a firm believer that imperialism in all forms is pretty bad uh and not really tolerable uh, so when I, when I say it, when I say it's fucked up that Russia is doing this, it would e- be equally fucked up that, like, anyone else would do this. Uh, it, mm-hmm. it's fucked up when the America does this in the Middle East. Uh, it's fucked up when America does coups in, in South America. It's, yeah, it's, I, when I, when I talk about one thing, it doesn't preclude me from being against the other. So, I, yeah. I think what's what's scary to me about any conflicts like this in uh, modern times is what it could become too. And like I don't disagree with you at all that the United States, NATO, other countries could absolutely be doing more to assist Ukraine, but it's always scary to me of like what it could escalate to with nuclear weapons now and just all that stuff always kind of freaks me out a little bit personally you know i think that's part of like not getting directly involved but i do think there's definitely more we could be doing for sure yeah yeah and uh i guess i guess that's kind of where i have to leave it like i i don't really have anything more that i can say about it that 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 i feel comfortable knowledgeably saying about it uh so yeah, yeah I'm, def- I'm definitely keeping an eye on it, and I'm, I'm, I'm trying to do the best I can. Like, it's tricky, like, trying to donate in support of, uh, of Ukraine um, without accidentally donating to a far-right uh, separatist fascist group uh, that, that has cropped up that in, in the Ukraine and other parts of Eastern Europe. And, yeah, you, you just got to be careful about who you're giving your money to over there. Yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, that that's where I'll leave it. Uh, don't want to get get too into the weeds about something that I'm not uh, the most knowledgeable about. So, yeah. If you have any questions for us, pr- probably not about global politics because you know I <laughs> I'm just I try to listen to people who are there in the situation. That's 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 what I do. Um, so. If you have questions about video games, however, you can send those to us uh, via email at playstationreportpodcast at gmail.com or via Twitter at PSReportPodcast. Give us ratings, reviews, share us with your friends. Um, 
can find me at the Arctic Sloth. You can find Tyler and his YouTube channel at Plugged On Vids. And until next time, be good to each other, play your video games, and... Vroom, vroom, vroom.